scripture reading is from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 24, the birth of Jesus. This is how Jesus Christ was born. A young woman named Mary was engaged to Joseph from David, King David's family. But before they were married, she learned that she was going to have a baby by God's Holy Spirit. Joseph was a good man and did not want to embarrass Mary in front of everyone. So he decided to quietly call off the wedding. While Jesus was quick was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord came to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, the baby that Mary will have is from the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and marry her. Then after her baby is born, name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So the, Lord promised, the Lord's promise came true. Just as the prophet had said, a virgin will have a baby boy and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. After Jesus woke up, he and Mary were soon married, just as the Lord's angel had told him to do. But they did not sleep together before her baby was born. Then Joseph named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we are indeed waiting, 
waiting for Bethlehem's light in the season of Advent. We ask you, O God, to work within us, to bring your peace to us, and to give us your word. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. I remember when Bev and I discovered we were going to have a child. I remember the excitement, the anticipation, but I also remember the thoughts going to my head like, how am I going to do this? There's no question, when you find out you're going to be a parent, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of excitement, but there's also concerns and doubts that go along with this. How do I be a good father? What if I mess up? What if I don't know what to do? What if I don't know what to say? How do I act? How, what do I say? What do I do? How? Why? What if? What if? What if? So many questions, so many concerns, so much pressure. I mean, being a parent may be the most difficult job of anyone's life, right? We have to take this little thing that we call a child and keep it alive. It's something we cannot communicate with. And being a parent never really ends, does it? We're always the parents. No matter if the kids are one week old or 65 years old, we're still the parent. We always worry. We always wonder if we've done a good enough job. We've, we always wonder if we raised them properly. Our kid could win the Nobel Peace Prize, and we'd be like, well, what if I just did a little bit more? You know what I'm saying? When we discovered we were expecting, I had left my job in Ottawa. We had sold our house. We had moved back into a room in my parents' house in the valley. We put the rest of our stuff in storage. I was going back to school. I mean, what were we thinking? This is probably the worst time we could have chosen to start a family. Everything we knew was changing. And it was around that time someone said to me, you know what the three biggest stresses in people's lives are? Changing jobs, moving, and starting a family. I said, thank you very much. That doesn't help at all. Becoming a parent for the first time is hard. So when I think of Joseph, I feel a bit of his fear, a bit of his pain that he's in. But I also realize he's in a far more difficult position than I have ever been in my entire life. Joseph is engaged to Mary. This is an arranged marriage, which is normal for the time. That is, Mary's family has paid a dowry, a fee, to have Mary wed Joseph. This is common practice. Yet even as we read the story, we see Joseph just didn't treat it as a transaction, right? He had respect, he had feelings for Mary. And we see this in our gospel passage. Once Joseph found out Mary was expecting a child, this would have exploded into a huge controversy in the village. Mary slept with another man. She is pregnant. The punishment is most certainly to be stoned to death. And Joseph, by every right, as the one who was betrayed, was, 
had every right to demand it. We can assume at this point that no one really knows about the pregnancy that Mary, you know, that Mary's carrying. There's no indication from the wider community that her life is in any kind of peril. So I think we can assume that the only ones who know she's pregnant is Mary's family and Joseph. And now Joseph has to decide what he's going to do. His fiancée has been unfaithful. She's carrying a child. He cannot possibly marry her. So he decides to take a different approach. He decides he will quietly break off the relationship in order to save Mary's reputation and his own. In this, I see Joseph as a good, kind, and caring man. And as he continues to wrestle with all of this, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, an angel comes to him in a dream and says this, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. Now, up to this point, I'm sure when Mary came to Joseph, she told her side of the story. A story that to Joseph probably sounded rather far-fetched. Okay, so Mary, an angel visited you? Okay. And that's God's son inside you? Okay. And you never, you're sure, you never slept with another man? Okay, sure. I'm going to go take a walk now. And don't call me, I'll call you. Right? But then the angel comes to Joseph in a dream and confirms everything Mary has said to him. Now, it was a dream, and we've all had those kinds of dreams where we wake up and we think, was that real? Did that happen? Or was it just a dream? Or you have those silly dreams that just make no sense at all. I seem to have a lot of those lately. So, how can Joseph be sure that this dream was truly from God and not just something he hoped would happen. Well, God does speak to people in dreams. And when you read the Bible, Joseph is not the only one who gets spoken to in a dream. And God speaks to us in many, many different ways. And when God does speak to us, especially in those times of conflict and, and chaos and stress, well, that, you know, the, the kind of situation Joseph was in, God reassures us. God gives us his peace. God gives us his confidence. So when Joseph wakes up from that dream, he knows it's from God because he feels God's peace with him. He feels the confidence God has given him. And he feels the reassurance that this is indeed a word from God. And that God is in work in all of this. Which then means, what does Joseph have to do? Joseph has to take care of his family. Now people in the village know that these two young people are going to get married. But it hasn't happened yet. And soon enough people are going to recognize that Mary's with a child. 
And then they're going to figure it out that it can't be Joseph's child. They're not married yet. They hadn't been married. And this is going to cause a problem. And by law, Mary could be stoned to death for being unfaithful. And Joseph does not want this to happen. So what do they need to do? They need to leave their families and get out of town before the trouble hits. So they get married and start out for life on their own. Now for us, that's nothing new. People get married and start off on their own life all the time, but it's not the way of the ancient people. Remember, it takes a village to raise a child. I mean, this is the kind of life they lived. The family lives together, caring for each other, watching for each other, providing for each other, food, clothing, water, all of that. They're coming together, and they rely on each other. It's critical for them in the raising of a child. Yet Mary and Joseph, they have to leave all of this behind in order to protect themselves from the, from the gossip and even hatred they would face if they stayed and, and the scandal was revealed. Yet as they go, they're reassured. They're reassured God is with them. This is God's doing. And they are blessed. In some ways, from the very beginning, this family is a refugee family. They need to start off right away by running to protect Mary. Then after Jesus is born, there's King Herod who's on the scene who orders the killing of all male babies in the city of Jerusalem under the age of two because he heard through the wise men that a new king has been born. And so he wants to protect his throne and send it the edict that all male babies are to be killed. And so what happens? They uproot their family again and they flee to Egypt. And again, at that time, Joseph is told in a dream they must go. Now when we think about what we know about Joseph, that's about it. We don't know a lot about Joseph, especially as Jesus grew up. We know Mary's there through it all. We hear Mary mentioned all through the Gospels. Mary's there at the foot of the cross when Jesus gives his life. But we don't hear much of Joseph anymore. We know that they came back from Egypt to Nazareth. We know that when Jesus was 12 years old, he was walking home from Jerusalem with his parents. And there's a whole little scene that happens there. But we don't hear a lot more about who Joseph is. Yet even though we don't know much about him, what we read in our gospel today, I think, tells us a fair bit about what kind of man Joseph was. He was a kind and loving man. He sought to protect Mary, even though he had every reason to hand her over to death by stoning for her apparent unfaithfulness. We see that Joseph was a provider. He was a protector. He took Mary away from the danger. Eventually, they walked for a week from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the census, walking the equivalent of Sydney Mines to the causeway, traveling dangerous roads, wild animals, robbers, thieves, then he protected them again by fleeing to Egypt when the life of their child was at risk. They had what they needed. They were safe. They were protected. I suspect many other men of that time would have not taken on such personal risk or sacrifice as Joseph. 
They may have left Mary behind to the hands of her accusers. They would have protected their own honor by not marrying her. They may not have been willing to uproot again and flee to Egypt on what could have been a rumor. Yet Joseph did all of these things. He was a selfless father and husband who put the well-being of his family above all else. He was a faithful man. He was a fine example for the young son of God that they were raising and who grew up in many ways to be like his earthly father, selfless, loving, kind, and caring. God knew who he was choosing as earthly parents of his son. God picked a strong mother. He picked a loving father. And the two would raise Jesus in a good home so he would be ready to do the work God chose for him to do later in life. Last Sunday we talked about Mary and I asked you, how are we like her? This week I wonder, how are we like Joseph? Are we kind, loving, and selfless? Are we a provider and a protector? Are we also willing to be transformed by the word of God and see the world in a new way? Instead of turning away from challenges, are we willing to trust God and walk into them when he asks us to? Even if we're unsure what the ultimate consequences just might be, are we willing to listen to God and respond in faith immediately? I say immediately because if Joseph had delayed in taking Mary as his wife, she may have fallen victim to, at best, shame, and at worst, death. If Joseph delays in fleeing to Egypt, he risks losing his son, his son that he has already given up so much for, including a relationship with his family and his home. As we continue through this season of Advent, looking at some of the key figures in the Christmas story, who are you? How do you fit into all of this? How are you like Joseph today? Joseph was reassured by God through the angel that he is the man chosen to be the father of his son, his very, very special son. And Joseph embraced the plan God had for him and spent his days protecting and providing for his family and loving his family, loving those God has put into his care. So what is God's plan for you? What is he asking of you this day? Are you like Joseph, being asked to care for those God has placed near you, whether that be your family or your friends or someone else? Or has God simply just given you the confidence you need in a seemingly impossible no-win situation where the only option you can see is to run away? Whatever the situation is, whatever it is in your life, whatever God has given you, know that God is with you. God has a plan for you. Know that God will provide for you and protect you. And he does all of this because he loves you. And he wants you to know his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one whose name means God is with us. In this season of Advent, this season of preparation, this season of waiting, 
Let's seek more of God in our lives as we prepare to celebrate the birth of his son. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the gift he has for us, the gift born in the manger to two wonderful parents who are chosen by God and filled with his Holy Spirit to do the work God has for them, to raise his child in a loving home with great parents who love him almost as much as God loves them. In this season of Advent, let's let God speak into our lives. Let's prepare our hearts to receive what God has for us and know the plan he has for us as God's peace is spread through the entire world through the gift of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
My friends, may we, in this season of Advent, reflect on the life of Joseph, a good man, a loving man, a provider, a protector, a servant of God, doing the important work God had laid before him. May we be God's children. May we do God's work in this world. And may we know that God is with us every step of the way. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God within each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.